Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. If you're like most of us, myself included, maybe over the last couple of years you haven't kept up with all of your routine care. You know, the cancer screening, mammography, pap smears, colon screening, cholesterol check, all that kind of stuff that we do recommend that people do. And it may be time for you to establish with a primary care provider. So today we're going to be talking with Dr. Shani Nakano. She's over at Kuakini Medical Center right now, but she also is a local girl from Kalani High School and has done her training here in the islands and also did a fellowship in geriatrics. And she's got a practice right now that she is building up and helping to take care of people as their primary care doctor. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Now, you know, a lot of people might wonder, over the pandemic, have you seen it too? I've definitely seen it. Folks who might have just skipped a couple of preventative measures just because, you know, there have been times when everyone's been told to stay home and they haven't been able to come to the hospital or there have been limited access to coming into facilities. But most of that is over. Everybody should be able to check in and see their doctor now, right? Yes. Yep. Everybody's starting to come back. And um, like you mentioned, a lot of people kind of skipped it a year uh, or two. Um, But it's okay. They just kind of come back and we kind of pick up from where we left off and um, get them back into healthcare again. Right. I mean, I know like 2020, I don't think I did my mammogram and I caught up with it 2021. And then this year I made sure I did it again. So, you know, there's no judgment on my part or or on anyone's part. If you haven't had a chance, great to check in. Now, why might somebody need a primary care doctor? I mean, I know everybody's told, go find one, go get one. And there are in a lot of cases they can't find them. But, you know, why would someone be needing that? What what do you do that you think people should take advantage of? Yeah, I think, um, like you mentioned about preventative care and screening. So, um, before you get sick to kind of help prevent that, um, like uh, diagnosing diabetes or uh, checking blood pressures to make sure there's no, uh, less of a risk for strokes or, you know, those kinds of things in the future. Um, I kind of like that kind of aspect of it, the preventative care. And um, uh, there's uh, all kinds of ages of screening. So like breast cancer screening, like you mentioned, mammograms, um, colon cancer screening. So we would kind of keep track of all of that as well. And then, of course, when you have a problem, then um, it's nice to have somebody that knows you. So um, uh, you have somebody to fall back on and to say, hey, hey, doc, how do I treat my back pain or something? So I think that is helpful for people to have somebody that they know and trust, too. Absolutely. You know, and I've I've been in practice now over 20 years, 23 almost, which just ages me incredibly. But one of the things I've noticed is I was talking with a patient today and I said, you know what? Your cholesterol is better than it's been in the last 20 years. And yeah. I've seen them for that long. So to be able to show them that longitudinal graph of where their numbers are, Mm -hmm. all the hard work they put in to get to where they're at, I can show them where they started. So there is that element, as time goes on, of having the advantage of knowing kind of where your health has been throughout the years. So that's something that that not everybody can do if you don't have someone you see regularly. It's another reason to go get checked out. Right, yeah. And it's it's also kind of nice when, because I'm family medicine too, so it's kind of nice when you see like family members because 
you know, they'll come like couples will come in together if they want to, or um, I see I would see their children or their their mother, father. So that was kind of nice too. So you feel part of their family as well, and you know, I think that's a, another nice aspect of having a, a a doctor that you trust too. Absolutely, and the fact that you can see kids from when mm-hmm. they're small and then watch them grow up and then also take care of them when they're adults and even grandparents, that's an incredible yeah. benefit for families that want to make sure that they have someone they can always call who kind of knows what's going on with the other family members. Mm-hmm. I, I often play this little game with some of my patients who bring in spouses. I see mm-hmm. mainly the adult population. And I always say, what is your significant other going to tell me that, uh, or not tell me that you want me to know? <laughs> and so it makes it a little bit fun for them to just sort of know that, hey, there's a reason why you both see the same person. What an advantage. Mm-hmm. And we can take a look at some of these concerns uh, that that you might not realize, you know, sleep apnea, for example. Do you mm-hmm. snore? Well, how would you know? You don't because you're snoring. You're asleep. So we ask your spouse. And that's one of the ways that we can find out some of this information. Now, it seems to me like every time we turn around, the guidelines for things change. So, yeah. you know, colon screening used to be starting at 50. Recent right. guidelines said start at 45. Mm-hmm. And mammograms, you know, that's kind of do it every year after 40 or every other year. There's a variety of different guidelines yeah. that people follow. But in general, when you see somebody, you could make personalized recommendations based on their family history, their risk factors, and it's no longer a one-size-fits-all, is it? No, it's not. Yeah, we, you really do have to personalize on um, exactly, like you said, family history, even patient preference. I feel like some people um, have, a lot of people nowadays have ideas about how they want their health to go and um, want a say in their health or have Googled it, which is fine, too, because then we can help um you know, uh, just resolve, relieve yeah, their mind a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'll have people so. come in and say, I've had a headache and Google said it's a tumor. Right. And so, you know, it's good that you just throw that out there. And that <laughs> way we know, hey, look, you've looked some stuff up. And that's, like you said, it's totally okay. Yeah. It's a suggestion. It's not a diagnosis. Right. And we can talk through it and maybe take the stress out of what you're worried about. Yes, exactly. And then um, take all of those things and kind of fit it to that person and, that that usually is how we, uh, or for, personally for me, guide care like that. Yeah. Sure. What what are you most concerned about? What can we do right. to help you? And the nice thing is that when you do have a primary care doctor, mm-hmm. you don't really have to just do everything all at one visit. You can have no. multiple visits to discuss whatever the concerns are that you have. You might need more than one visit to go over all of your concerns. What are some of the tips that you tell folks if they have a lot of questions? Should they bring a buddy? Should they write it down? What can they do if they're really overwhelmed and not quite sure what they need to ask? Yeah, I think uh, both of what you suggested, um, a lot of people will write a list. And then um, that's helpful because I can kind of look through the list and see what's most urgent to talk about that visit um, and what might be able to wait a little while, you know, till we can see each other next time. It's nice nowadays, too, that we have uh, so much virtual care. So we could also squeeze in like a telehealth appointment with video or even a telephone. So um, that can kind of supplement sometimes um, the things we couldn't discuss in the office visit. Um, or even like like you mentioned, bringing a friend, if you can't remember everything, then sometimes that helps um, too to get everything taken care of. 
Yeah, I think it's amazing. The pandemic really did open up the whole platform of virtual medicine yeah. or telemedicine. And that was something that really didn't exist before. And mm-hmm. part of the reason wasn't because we didn't have the technology, but rather it was more related to, you know, the reimbursement required certain elements. You had yep. to be in a rural area, which kind of, you know, took out all of Oahu. And you had to be in a certain locations, underserved areas, et cetera. But that's all changed now. You can do video visits. You can do phone visits. There's a variety of different ways you can talk with your doctor. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we do them all. Yeah. I found that video visits have allowed me to realize that I thought I had a poker face, and I do not. <laughs> the amount of weird faces I make when I, I never realized that I wasn't looking at myself. I now have this little bubble on the screen, and I sort of am like, oh, I'm shocked at how many weird faces that I'm making. It's It's been educational for me, too, to try and consider that. That's right. Or, I mean, I, some patients don't see your office, so they're, they would be like, oh, where are you? Is that your office? Is that what it looks like? So, and and yeah, it's a... And it's nice for patients, too, I feel like, because sometimes, especially the older folks, have a hard time getting around. Um, So some of them really like that because they can just stay at home and then have their son or daughter do it with them. And um, it's it's easier to go to a doctor through a video visit and you have more compliance that way because they're more willing to kind of see you. And yeah, that was really interesting that they... The ones that could do it really, enjoy, really enjoyed that. Yeah. yeah, I'll tell you, for those who have managed to work on the technology, mm-hmm. and, and I always have sympathy because my first couple of video visits, I was the technology goof. Okay. I'd be like, I, I, I don't know what I'm doing except for the weird faces. I don't know <laughs> how to make myself louder. But as we've gotten better at it over the last couple of years, I think we've really grown to acknowledge how it's kind of bringing the old doctor to come to your house. Yeah. It's making that virtually happen. And it's always kind of interesting to, to see, you know, although I know there's technology of virtual backgrounds and I, I'd love to create a virtual background that's neater than my actual one, but it's also fun to sort of get invited into people's homes. Yes. Yeah. You get to see what's going on and you're like, you know, if you're in a wheelchair, maybe all that stuff around you might need to be moved away so that your house right. is safer or or even like, wow, you've got some really cool artwork. I mean, just random things you will notice, which is pretty fantastic. You get to know somebody even better. It's true. It's like you said, it's like doing a home visit. So that's that's great. Yeah. And, and exactly like you said, I, there are some people that I would be like, oh, you know, you should kind of clear your space for your walker. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Something that I normally wouldn't have been able to do. Right. All right, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show. When we come right back, we're going to talk some more about reasons why primary care is really one of the best ways to make sure that you can keep your health as good as you can over throughout your entire lifetime. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here with Dr. Shani Nakano. She is a primary care provider at Kuakini Medical Center. And right before the break, we were talking about the fun aspects of virtual care. There are some things that you really can do through telemedicine. And there's a few things that probably require you to come into the office. 
things that require us to do an exam or to make sure that you don't have anything going on physically. What are some of the common reasons why you might suggest somebody come in in person so you can see them and be able to to really take a close look at what's going on? Yeah, yeah. It um, Sometimes uh, skin, like rashes, um, depending on how good the video is, it's hard to see um, over the video. So I'll bring those people in if I have a question or just kind of some things that I've tried treating over the video and they call back and they're like, this is still bothering me, um, like a like a shoulder pain or, you know, um, a, some kind of joint pain that I thought, oh, this it sounds like this. Let's try these things. Um, but it didn't really work. So then I feel like, okay, I need to you know, do a good exam of that knee and figure out exactly what's going on. So I think those are the kinds of things. um, It's nice sometimes for screening and then um, other and then we'll just bring them in after. Sure. If you don't get better, that may mean that you need an in-person visit. And that's always something that can be arranged (laughs) at different times when you check in to see your doctor. Now, a lot of folks have some questions about what they should do if they haven't caught up with things like immunizations. And I think for a lot of folks these days, they realize that pharmacies actually have availability to keep people updated with vaccines. So if you don't have the opportunity to go in and see your provider, you could still get a lot of the different vaccinations we recommend from your local pharmacy, or even in some cases, some of the food stores have pharmacies. There's a lot of options out there. There are, yeah. And actually, we send them to the um, different pharmacies for our vaccinations. But yeah, even within my family, um, they'll go for one vaccine, like a a Shingrix or something, a shingle shot, and they'll offer, hey, do you want to get your pneumonia shot at the same time? So I think that's really great that um, the pharmacies do that, that they advocate for, um, you know, to get up-to-date vaccinations. So that's really great. Well, and early on, I would tell people, you know, that requires being stored in a special freezer. And they'd be Mm -hmm. like, what are you talking about? They freeze vaccines. And now I say that everyone's like, oh, we got you. We heard all about the special freezers when the COVID shots right. came out. So we now know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So that is another opportunity that they have. Now, the other thing that I think uh, often happens is we tend to see certain conditions regularly. Yeah. So when I, I looked once and made a list of all the different types of folks that I was seeing in the course of a week or two, and this was pre the pandemic, those good old days. Right. And I found that a lot of things that I wind up seeing folks for, you know, they might immediately think, oh, I have a back problem. I should probably see a back doctor. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of stuff that we can do, particularly in the beginning, to make sure that we can help somebody. Probably only a very small percentage of folks with certain conditions truly need to see a specialist. So we're a good initial place to start, huh? Yes, I think so. And especially because sometimes you don't know where to go. So and and like you said, a lot of times if we try helping them, I think they don't know that we can help them to start with and try some things and um, even diagnose a lot of things. Um, and uh, a lot of times those work and they don't have to go to an additional place um, and they can just get it taken care of right there and then. So, um, yeah, I, you're right. It doesn't always have to go to a specialist, although sometimes it, it benefits them, but... A lot of times it's a good, exactly like you said, it's a good place to start with us. Well, and then if you need, if you think somebody needs additional mm-hmm. testing, you could order it. Yep. And then by the time they see the specialist, they've already gotten some of the preliminary testing done. That's true. They have everything set there. Mm-hmm. Now, for folks who are wondering, should everybody at some point have their cholesterol and their sugar checked? I usually check it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
because catching it early can kind of help somebody to not wind up being on a lot of medications. Yes, exactly. And then by the time you have symptoms, it's kind of you've probably had it for a while already. So um, exactly like you said, if we can catch it earlier, then that's a lot better and safer for, um, you know, uh, other things that it could cause, like higher risk of stroke. So I'd rather catch the cholesterol earlier than somebody have a stroke first and then treat it after. So That's know. called primary prevention. When exactly. we try and prevent something from happening before it does, what are some of the key elements? And cholesterol is part of that. Sugar is part of that. Mm-hmm. Blood pressure. These days, one of the things that I've really tried to advocate for folks is to get a blood pressure monitor, an automatic cuff, yeah. and check their pressures at home. Yeah. So they can't say their high numbers are just when they see me. It is not me. It is you, and it is all the time. So it often is a way that we can help them to realize that it is an issue, and even at home, their numbers might be a little high. Yes, and I think they don't realize that if they don't feel it, they think that it's not going to hurt them because they don't feel it. Um, But they don't – some people – it's hard to understand that later on you might feel it in different ways. Um, And I do, too, the same thing – suggest to everybody to get a home machine Um, and for your reasons and also because during the pandemic we used to bring you know when somebody has a high pressure in your office I'm like really worried about them so I want them to come back and make sure that either it gets better or medications working Um, and during the pandemic it's really nice to have one at home because I won't have to keep bringing them back again too and um, they can see that you know it's well controlled at home or um, that uh Exactly like you said, just keep track yeah. of it, yeah. And mm-hmm. then they can be the boss of their blood pressure. Exactly. I tell them, you run the show here, and this right. is what to do if it goes high. Here yes. are the numbers, and here's what to do. And it often is just that little added step yeah. that people need just to be reminded that this is something that they could really be on top of. Mm-hmm. Now, medications, that always becomes a concern. I saw somebody today, I was a little surprised. They've been on a blood pressure medicine, and they said, oh, well, I finished, so I guess I'm better now. Yeah. I guess you hear that as well. Yes. Uh-huh. And I what do. would be your response? Because I know what mine was. <laughs> um, I, yeah, uh, I just, well, because I'm assuming the blood pressure is high than the next time I saw them uh, when they're not taking their medicine. Um, so I just, you know, remind them that, hey, the reason why your blood pressure was good was because the medication was working. And um, I put refills on there so you can refill them for a whole year. <laughs> um, so um, I check your bottles. Check, check to yeah, see if you have refills. If you have refills, yeah. And uh, and then I think I, I understand, though, because, you know, people don't want to be on medicines for forever. So um, I think they think that, hey, I'm just going to finish it and I'll be good. Um, but, uh, yeah, just have to reeducate them about uh, or educate them about how um, you kind of have to be on it unless you do some changes in your life to make it uh, better on its own, like, you know, healthy diet or exercise, things like that. Well, and I guess the real key is that if they have that home blood pressure monitor and they're checking it, they'll probably see those numbers go up and then they'll know, well, I still need that medication and that's something I need to take. So, you know, I find the other thing that that I hear about often is Mm -hmm. that people, particularly if they're on some type of antibiotic or something, Mm -hmm. oh, I got better, so I stopped it. Mm. Yeah. Not so good, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. 
Finish the whole course. Finish take the whole what you've course. been told. Exactly. Try and avoid creating weird mutant exactly. uh, bacteria yes. because you took half of your antibiotics. Yes. And okay, well, very true. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to the Body Show. And when we come back, I'm going to continue a discussion with Dr. Shane Nakano from Kuakini Medical Center about what are some of the tips to do if you've gotten older, like I have, and what are some of the ways that you can keep yourself healthy and What might be some medicines you want to be careful about, even if they are safe enough to be sold over the counter? We'll be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and I'm here with Dr. Shani Nakano. She is a primary care physician at Kuakini Medical Center. And right before the break, we were talking about some of those things we see. Just because you're done your medicine doesn't mean the condition is gone, so keep an eye on that. And then also finishing antibiotics if you were put on them. Make sure you complete the full course so that we don't have any type of resistance that develops later. And then, you know, make sure that if you have any questions, you talk with your provider. Another reason that you might want to have a primary care doctor, because if you have questions about your medicine, that's a great place to start asking. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Now, let's talk about the over 50 crowd. I'm going to join that group in just a few months. (laughs) And those are some folks who have some specific recommendations on doing some kind of testing. So what are some of the common sort of tests that we recommend for people as they get older to make sure that they stay healthy? Right. So um, by then, uh, as you mentioned, the colonoscopy guidelines have already changed to 45. But so by then you should have already had uh, your colon cancer screening. And if you haven't, then we'll catch you up. Um, Mammogram as well. You're still going to be doing your um, breast cancer screening as well for the women. Um, uh, Again, like high blood pressure, diabetes, all of those things should have already been taken care of as well. And then... um, Kind of starting that discussion with men about, are you going to check a PSA? This is a blood test for prostate cancer and uh have that Mm -hmm. discussion on the benefits and the risks of doing that kind of thing. Yes. And then uh, also the vaccinations, like we mentioned, there's a bunch that will start uh, or uh, the Shingrix, I'm sorry, is the one. The shingle shot will start at 50. So um, I've seen enough patients with shingles that I am getting that shot like my birthday. Like that's going to be my gift for me is a shingle shot, which sounds pretty sad, but I'm actually looking forward to it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't want to get shingles. That's just no, no fun. And oh. I had a wicked case of pox when I was younger. Oh, yeah. So I really don't want shingles. No. Yeah. Mm. Those guys that have the pain that linger, that's, yeah. It's well, I think my mom had, when we were younger, had said, you know what? One kid has chicken pox. Let's just get them all yeah. pox at the <laughs> same time. And I, like, got it last, and I had it the worst, and I just... Yeah, it's one of those things. I don't want to get uh, I don't want to get shingles, yeah. so that's on my list. Yeah. Now, you know, there's some other things that we we really have to be careful about. As time goes on, there are some pretty innocuous looking medicines that are sold at Longs, but you know, you got to be careful with some of those. As people get older, what are some of the medications that, even though it looks like it's safe and it's going to be okay, that they should probably keep a watch on? Not everybody should take Benadryl every night to go to bed, uh, huh? Yes. Yes, Benadryl. Um... What does it do if you take it all the time? It, uh, so um, it does, often people get uh, 
sleepy on that and um, puts you at higher risk for falling down later on in life, um, even though when you were younger, it might have been great. Um, uh, other things to me would be like uh, that I'll check for is uh, all the NSAIDs, so things like ibuprofen, um, Advil, um, Aleve, um, things that you you know you didn't think twice about um, when you were younger. Uh, as you get older, some a lot of people have their kidneys get older with them, and um, it's just something to watch more. Um, maybe not take as often sometimes. Um, Are there other types of Things over the counter like cough medications, a lot of folks these days, if they started to get their routine kind of cold and cough, they start looking at some of the cough medicines. Some of them contain some ingredients you got to be careful with. Yeah. Um, and, and some of them will interact with your medications too. So I think that's important. Um, some of them will have Benadryl-like um, medications in them. So um, same same kind of risks to those um, types of medications. You brought up a really good point, which is the interaction between medicines and some of the -the over-the-counter symptom-based treatments. Mm -hmm. So if you have any questions, check with your doctor, check with a pharmacist before you even purchase it. You know, there are certain medications I know that used to be sold over-the-counter, like, and they still are, pseudoephedrine or pseudofed. Mm -hmm. Uh, The original one, you have to go to the pharmacist to get. But if you have certain conditions like really bad blood pressure, that's a no-no. You shouldn't. You shouldn't use that. There's other medications you could use instead. So always a good point if you're buying something over the counter to make sure that you check with the pharmacist if they're right there or even with your provider, make sure it's safe. Right. Yeah. Even simple supplements sometimes will do that too. Um, Like uh, turmeric was one of the ones um, that can increase your risk of bleeding a little bit. So if you have are on certain medications, you might not want to take turmeric. Um, whereas people think that it's really great, you know, so um, um, you hear all the good stuff about yeah. it. And, you know, I, I I'm sort of a, a victim of my own my own ridiculousness. I remember when I was in medical school, I would go to GNC and I'd be like, I want all of these things. Right. Healthy skin and nails. Yes. Mm-hmm. Increase in processing and faster brain speed? Yes. I mean, there wasn't any of these suggestions on any of these supplements that made me go, no, I I don't really want thicker, bouncier hair. Of course I do. So, you know, you really have to be careful when you're looking at some of the potential positive effects that Mm -hmm. it may not be that way for you. And you probably need to be extra cautious about how you're using certain supplements, particularly, like you said, with blood thinners or other types right. of medications, there could be some serious interactions. There can be. So it, I think if you're if you're someone that has a lot of medical conditions or are on a lot of medications, I think that is important to um, talk with your doctor and just make sure they know what you're on so we can identify, say, hey, you know, maybe you don't want to take that. Maybe we can make suggestions on other things um, instead. But yeah, that that's something good to talk with us about. And kind of keep a list. Yeah, we do. So you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they do too. Yeah, they should too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These days I've had folks say, oh, you know what medicines I'm on. Just look in the computer. Right. And I'm like, I can. But does that match what you have at home? Mm-hmm. Hard to say. Mm-hmm. One of those things to know. And people might also want to keep a list of significant allergies or other medical history. Yeah. Do you tell them to keep a little card in their wallet or keep something nearby so people can check it out? I have, yes, especially when they're on a lot of medications um, because it's it's easier for them. They don't have to remember all their entire list. And then um, also if they're with somebody, like they couldn't, 
talk for themselves, then their family member could just say, oh, yeah, you know, dad has a list. Let me give that to you. So that's been very helpful, I think, to people. Even my grandparents had that, too. So, Yeah, I guess I'm old school because I'm sure that there are some young people that are like, technology, just put it on your phone. Yeah, that's <laughs> I'm true. like, okay, but if my face isn't getting recognized by my phone, because there's mornings like that these days, <laughs> then how are you going to access it? So, yeah, that's another way to – there's probably technological answers for this, but something that people should do is uh, just kind of keep an eye on those things. Now, tell me, if somebody wanted to find a primary care doctor, how would they find someone like you or to find somebody? Um, I think a lot of it is uh, some sometimes through referrals, um, like even your specialist might know. Um, in addition, uh, I'm online, so you can also Google me and you should be able to um, find my name and address and phone number. And um, They can just give you a call and, and then a- go ahead and set up an appointment. That sounds exactly. like a fabulous idea. Dr. Shani Nakano at Kuakini Medical Center. I want to thank you for sharing your expertise with us today. If you'd like to hear the show again, you can click on hawaiipublicradio.org, follow the links to The Body Show. You can also find us on the HPR app. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We'll see you next week when we talk more about health topics and how to stay well right here on The Body Show. We'll see you then.